ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA 23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Jonathan Gavoni. The NBA season is over. The Denver Nuggets have claimed their first ever championship, NBA or ABA. And that means it's time for your personal basketball finals, the draft. So as we sit here a week out from the draft, which is Thursday, June 22nd, live from Barclays on ESPN at 8 p.m. Eastern time, what does what your universe look like right now? Well, this is the most fun time of the year for me. I really enjoy this time. Just you're on the phone all day. You're 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 doing radio hits, TV hits. You're creating podcasts like this, traveling from you know place to place, and I still trying to get a handle on the next group of players that's coming up. I'm thinking in the back of my head about the under 19 FIBA World Cup, which is about to tip next week. The training camp is going on right now. I'm going to be headed to Hungary pretty soon. We were looking at the under 16 FIBA Americas that just concluded. It's just, you're just juggling a lot. And, but it's, it's a lot of fun. This is my 20th draft now. So my 20th year doing this. And Mm. every year I just come to realize that you're not going to figure out, you know, what every team is thinking. You're not going to get every pick right. There's going to be trades. There's going to be, you know, players are going to drop, players are going to rise. And that you just have to enjoy that, you know, because that's what makes the draft so great. It's so unpredictable. It's fun. I mean, it's 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 a great time of year. With the end of the finals Monday night, the NBA season is dead. Long live the new NBA season, which really gets underway next Thursday night at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn with the draft. And while we know what to expect right at the top, Victor Wembanyama going number one to the San Antonio Spurs, there are still plenty of questions about what will follow. So today, Jonathan Gavoni takes us all the way through the draft. From the guys at the top, to the future, Nikola Jokic's. I'm Jeremy Schapp. It's Thursday, June 15th. This is ESPN Daily. Jonathan Gavoni, you've been covering the draft for two decades for your outlet, Draft Express, providing scouting, analytics to teams in the NBA. You're a draft analyst, of course, for us here at ESPN. And you've racked up countless frequent flyer miles and passport stamps throughout your career. About a decade ago, you had a chance to look at an unheralded prospect from the Southern Balkans who just happened to become the NBA Finals MVP a few days ago. This is the first Finals MVP trophy that we're giving out since Bill Russell's passing. And he'd be incredibly pleased. It's another center. This year's Bill Russell Finals MVP goes to Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I mean, this is what is humbling about this process. I watched Nikola Jokic at the FIBA Under-19 World Cup uh, in 2013. Oh, great look from Novak. Jokic, layup, good. Like Toby went to sleep on that one. 
Coming off the bench, he was, you know, not even close to the most highly regarded player on his own team. It just shows you how open-minded you have to be about these 18, 19-year-old players that you're watching. You look at a guy like Jokic, you say, well, he's fat, slow, he can't jump, he can't guard anybody, and he wasn't a very good shooter at that point. That sounds like me. Exactly. And, you know, he <laughs> played in this in a Nike Hoop Summit and really did not have that big of an impact. I remember sitting there in the stands with NBA people saying, oh boy, this is, it's going to be tough for Jokic, you know, like uh, to, to guard at the NBA level. And that came after this incredible week of practice where the Jokic that we see today, you started to see the glimpses of that at that point in his career. He was only 19, but the passing. Bounce pass, Jokic, wonderful play. Oh, it's come off the knee of Jankovic. You know, the shooting. There's the pass out of the pick and roll. Jokic, count it. The incredible feel for the game. Just, you know, the, the footwork, the dexterity in the post, the touch. I remember I, I looked back on some of my tweets from that time. I said, he's 19 going on 30. And you could almost, you know, now he's 28 going on 40. I actually went back this week and watched a bunch of film of him from 2012 and 2013, not beating myself up, but just saying, what did I miss here? Mm. I mean, you could see, I look at my notes, I looked at my tweets, I was very high on Jokic, but there was this pause, you say, well, there's nobody like him in the NBA. You know, like there's, when you talk to NBA scouts, a big thing that they always bring up is say, well, who is he in the NBA? And all the guys that you comp him to are basically like non-players, you know, <laughs> like guys that you wouldn't necessarily want to have on your team. He only really started playing basketball seriously when he was 18 years old. He moved from this small town in Serbia, basically a village, to Belgrade. He signed with Mega Vizura. When he entered the draft in 2014, most people thought he wasn't going to keep his name in the draft. Actually, you could find an old tweet that I put out saying, uh, Nikola Jokic's agent just informed me that he pulled out of the draft. He actually had decided, I'm taking my name out. I'm going to try my luck again in 2015. But at the last minute, the Denver Nuggets called and said, hey, Nikola, keep your name in the draft. We'll take you at 41. And the rest is history. So a lot of NBA people were just kind of getting... Uh, their minds wrapped around what kind of player this is. And it was so unorthodox. He was so unique. And then that Nike Hoop Summit game, honestly, like, that hurt him. <laughs> like, he just wasn't even close to the best player on the floor. He couldn't really stay on the court. Um, but to his credit, he just kept getting better and better and better. And I think you have to give credit also to the Denver Nuggets for drafting him, developing him, and empowering him, helping him, you know, realize the type of player that he could become. And he just keep, continues to improve every year to the point that, you know, he's averaging 10 assists a game in the NBA. That's unheard of for a 6'11 player. He's a triple-double every single game. And we we haven't even seen him at his peak because, you know, his game doesn't based on his athleticism. It's based on his knowledge of the game, his basketball IQ, his feel for the game, his ability to use angles and spin moves and footwork and all that. And that's only going to continue to improve. I mean, that's what's scary for the NBA is that the Denver Nuggets are here to stay. They could easily win the NBA championship next year and maybe the year after that too. They've got a long runway here. Do you remember what he told you in an interview you conducted with him? at that 2014 Nike Hoop Summit? 
I do. I went back and, and watched that interview and it was incredible just to, to see how introspective he was already at that age. He told me, basketball is about teammates. When I'm open, I score. When I'm not, I pass. Basketball is, uh, you know, it's about teammates, you know. When I open, I score. When I, uh, I pass, you know, play basketball. They just uh, play simple, simple as I can, you know. I play basketball as simple as I can. I don't jump high. I don't run fast. Right. I just play basketball, like, you know, one-on-one, two-on-two, something like that. I don't jump, I don't jump high. I don't run fast. So he already knew exactly the type of player that he is. But to be able to communicate at that level, being a teenager, that should have been a sign for me, honestly, how special Nikola Jokic is as a player, but especially as a human being. Well, you should give yourself some credit, too. You also wrote this in your scouting report. Jokic, an exceptionally unique player, has an advanced feel for the game. He's such an unconventional and creative finisher that you never quite know what kind of trick he'll try to pull off, which has left many rotating defenders baffled while old school NBA lifers just shake their heads and smile. It sounds like something you could have written this week about him. No question. Yeah, he honestly, he has not changed that much. Those same things that, you know, made us fall in love with him back in 2014. He's just continued to, to, to do that again and again. And um, it's an incredible story. And uh, we're just all lucky to be, you know, to be living through it and to watch a guy like Nik- Nikola Jokic, Jokic in real time. Now we're here nine years later, and this draft is coming up next week. So in our next segment, Jonathan will give us a preview of what we can expect to see in Brooklyn at the top of the draft. Delicious, meat nutritious, in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes. Perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot. Taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Back with Jonathan Gavoni talking about the NBA draft next Thursday in Brooklyn. And Jonathan, you were on the podcast exactly one month ago talking about your interview, your exclusive sit-down with Victor Wembanyama. He is widely regarded as the best prospect in the draft since LeBron James 20 years ago. It's all but certain that he'll be the first overall pick when the Spurs make their announcement. Is there any anything that could change that narrative? Absolutely not. And the Spurs, the first thing that Greg Popovich did when he, he won the number one pick in the draft is he got on a plane and he went to France and their whole staff has been out there. They've sent their medical staff now. They conducted a very thorough 
medical examination. He passed that with flying colors, I was told. So everything is in place for him to be the number one pick. There are teams that are calling. They're asking San Antonio, hey, what do we need to do to get that pick? And they said, nothing. <laughs> we are not trading it. We want Victor Wimbanyama on our team. They're going to build a franchise around him. And it's going to be incredibly exciting for, for them, for their fans, and for the entire league. How do you prepare for someone you've never worked with to come in and take over? I think that they've been preparing for this for a while now with this sports science center, this new practice facility that they're building. They have all this cutting edge medical equipment and uh, trainers and um, doctors. And so that's going to be the big thing is like, how many games do we want Victor to play in, in year one? And if you ask Victor, he's, he's going to say, I want to play 82. So that's going to be a struggle that they're going to have to go through is getting him to realize that, you know, they're trying to play the long game here and trying to make sure that he's around 12, 15 plus years from now to still be playing at his peak and making sure that, you know, he continues to to, to add, you know, weight to his frame slowly. I've heard that they're looking at, you know, maybe signing like a very physical um, center to pair with Victor, you know, to maybe play Victor at the four, so he's not, you know, shouldering as much of the physicality as he's been forced to do the way that the refereeing is is in Europe with the way that they just let, you know, opponents just beat up on him. Every time he crosses a lane, he just has this 30-year-old dude just smash, you know, just lay the wood on him on every screen. And they're holding him. They're tackling him. They're pushing him. And they're really beating up on him. I think that's good for his his long-term outlook. But thankfully for him, you know, the stars in the NBA are protected a lot better than they are in France. And the fact that he's still able to play at the level he's playing at, you know, despite the fact that he's 227 pounds, he's only 19 years old. He's a finesse player. People are laying the wood on him and he's dishing it back. And that's, that's a great sign if you're the San Antonio Spurs. Is he going to be in Brooklyn? Yes, he'll he'll be here for sure. He'll be here with his family. Um, you know, there's some coaches that he's bringing. I've heard from you know from earlier in his childhood. He wants you know this to be a night for everybody that's helped him get to where he is now. And so he'll he'll be over here and uh, he'll be well rested with his family. And um, yeah, it'll be a great moment for him him and his family. So we know what's happening at number one, number two, and number three belong to the Charlotte Hornets and Portland Trailblazers, respectively. And of course, there are two names that are at the top of the list when we talk about those two picks, Brandon Miller, who is the SEC Player of the Year as a freshman at Alabama this past season, and Scoot Henderson from G League Ignite. Uh, how's it going to shake out? Well, Jeremy, it's to be decided how this whole thing shakes out. I don't think that Charlotte has necessarily made up their mind with which direction they're necessarily going to go. The signs we're getting is that it's Brandon Miller. But listen, Scoot Henderson came in this past weekend and had a very impressive workout, which is exactly what you would expect from Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson with the takeaway, two on two, go. Oh, baby! Scoot Henderson with the dunk and the stare down. My goodness, he went up high for that alley-oop. Okay, here we go. Here we Let's go. go it's showtime! Henderson, learn the name. He's 6'2", 
built incredibly well. He's explosive, changing gears, finishing around the rim. He's a tremendous ball handler. He's got terrific uh, mid-range game, a pull-up game. He's got great touch on finishes. And so he's built for these one-on-zero type settings. And so Brandon Miller is a little bit behind the eight ball. You know, he was ill, you know, starting in April. He had mononucleosis. He didn't touch a basketball for a long time. And so he's not in the same shape that Scoot Henderson is in right now. And so there's going to be a a conversation here between Miller and Henderson. And I'm sure that uh, Charlotte's going to listen to you know, trade calls as well. We'll see what happens when they're when they're on the clock and what type of phone calls that they actually get here, what type of offers. But I expect it to be Brandon Miller if the draft were tonight. Jonathan, let's go back to Brandon Miller for a moment here. He's been connected to the January shooting death of Jamia Harris in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, just off the campus of the university. He has not been charged with a crime, but what happened in this incident? How much does it mean? How relevant is it to the decision-making for Charlotte and for Portland? I think it's relevant. And, you know, I've been told that the amount of due diligence that Charlotte has conducted has been off the charts. They've traveled, they've sent a legal team to Tuscaloosa to meet with, you know, the investigators, to meet with his lawyers, to meet with the coaching staff. Um, they've grilled him at several interviews now. It's it's enough of a concern where they are, you know, not leaving anything to chance here. But I don't anticipate this being something that derails Brandon Miller's draft stock. I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be a an impediment to him being the number two pick just because of the answers that teams have gotten in terms of. The questions that they had of, you know, if you look into his background, um, there's nothing there that would suggest that something like this was even a possibility. I don't, unless something new comes to light here in the next mm-hmm. week, I don't anticipate this being something that has a material effect on his draft stock. As for the Trailblazers, um, you know, if they had the chance to choose, which they won't, uh, who would they prefer between Miller and Henderson? Well, Portland has been doing their due diligence. They brought in both of the Thompson twins. They're bringing in Cam Whitmore. Um, You know, they've wanted to look at, you know, pretty much everybody in the lottery. I think that's more in case that they trade out. I don't even know that they've kind of asked themselves that question because it's just not really relevant. But my understanding is that uh, I think that they'd be excited, you know, with whoever they get between Miller and Henderson. And of course, Jonathan, when you say Thompson twins, for those of us of a certain age, we're not thinking basketball, but we're thinking 1980s pop, <laughs> new wave. <laughs> But that's not what we're talking about here. No, we're talking about Amen Thompson and Asar Thompson. They're both six foot seven, 215 to 220 pounds. These guys looked like they were built in a lab. Oh my God, what a pass. Twin telepathy. You know, just incredible frames, seven foot wingspan, incredibly explosive athletes. You know, Amen is more of the point guard of the two. 
incredibly creative with his footwork and his body control and his ability to change speeds, get to the rim, finish with both hands, stopping and starting and spinning around, finding teammates off a live dribble. And the big question about him, obviously, is his jumper. Um, you know, definitely not the strength of his game, which, you know, is in contrast to his brother, Asar, who was exceptional late in the year for them at overtime elite you know made big shot after big shot you know more of a natural at playing off the ball uh you know has become a an acceptable spot-up shooter um, but has a lot of the same attributes that Amen does with the defensive versatility with the transition scoring with the unselfishness and the court vision and the ability to pass off a live dribble and you know, six foot seven, two hundred eighteen pounds, a seven foot wingspan. I mean, these guys are loaded with upside. Who are some of the other big names? Yeah, I think um, you know, after the Thompson twins, you're talking about Cam Whitmore. Uh, you know, from Villanova, six foot seven. Uh, you know, chiseled frame, explosive athlete, uh, you know, very intriguing shot making and scoring instincts. Did not have a great season at Villanova, but he's only 18 years old. And, you know, he fits the mold that every team is looking for with that, you know, with that versatile wing who can play the two, the three and the four and just has this, you know, unlimited upside. You're hoping that, you know, if the star is aligned perfectly, he becomes Jimmy Butler for you. But after that, I think, Anthony Black is somebody I'll be keeping a very close eye on. He's six foot seven point guard from Arkansas, probably the best perimeter defender in this draft. An extremely high basketball IQ. He's tremendous at you know playing pick and roll and finding teammates and just doing all the little things uh, that, that help a team win. And then I think another guy that's going to go very high is is uh, Jarris Walker from Houston. He's six foot eight, uh, two hundred fifty pounds, seven two wingspan. Another extremely versatile defender, you know, primarily plays power forward, but we've seen him able to, you know, to, to, to get up and switch on point guards to, to guard, you know, twos and threes and even some fives. And, you know, that's what the NBA game is all about. You know, he shot the ball relatively well this year, 35% for three. He shows you some passing ability. He brings toughness. I expect, you know, teams like Indiana at seven, Utah at nine, even Detroit potentially at five to be very interested in him. All right, so that's the top of the draft. We're talking about the lottery. But up next, if Nikola Jokic can go from being the 41st pick to the best player on the planet, then there are no wasted picks. And Jonathan takes us digging for some diamonds in the rough. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers 
roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, Jonathan. So, as we were saying, coming out of the last segment, if we've learned anything about the draft, based on the success of Nikola Jokic in the last nine years, a 41st pick, you know, there are talents out there that, that maybe not everyone has their eyes open to. In this draft, I know, I know it's unlikely, but who are those possibilities? I'm going to take it in a totally different direction. You know, instead of looking at the 18, 19-year-old who, you know, has this exceptional upside, like a Jokic, for example, I'm really interested to see what happens with the older players in this draft. Mm. The guys like Jaime Jaquez from UCLA, like Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana, like a Marcus Sasser from Houston, a Kobe Brown from Missouri. These are guys who are all Americans. You could throw them in an NBA game now and they can give you something with their passing ability, with their shooting ability, with their defense, with their smarts, with their ability to play different roles, to, you know, to have that versatility, those winning qualities. And being able to get on the floor early in your NBA career just gives you such a longer pathway to develop the rest of your game. The guys who often don't make it are the ones who just, they don't have anything they can hang their hat on early on in the NBA and a coaching staff just doesn't trust them. And then you have a window of 18 to 24, maybe 30 months and boom, you're out of the NBA and you're off to the next crop of 18 and 19 year old players. This draft lost a lot of depth the past few weeks. First at the NCAA withdrawal deadline where 17 players in my top 100 withdrew from the draft. Mm. And then yesterday at the international deadline where another eight players in my top 100 withdrew. So you talk about 25 guys who could have been potential second round picks decided to pull their name out, wait for 2024. And a lot of that is because on the college realm, NIL. I mean, people are looking at this, they say like, well, I could go undrafted and make, you know, 50, 70, $90,000, or I can go back to college and make 200, 300, 500, 750 potentially. That's attractive. It's, it's a different world that we're living in now where, you know, five years ago, any player who even had an inkling that he was going to hear his name called anywhere in the draft stayed in the draft. Whereas this year, we're seeing guys pull out. They're waiting for another year. And that's where these older players that I just talked about, we're going to see more and more of them every year. And I think it's going to be good for college basketball. And it's going to be good for the NBA because guys are going to come in more ready to produce. For, you know, I'm just curious, generally speaking, Jonathan, uh, with all the different trends in basketball, the one and dones, the NIL, the development of the game in other parts of the world. How much has this job changed? It's changed a lot just because there's so many more avenues now for players to develop. 
You're looking G League Ignite. I mean, they've got seven players on their roster next year who I need to scout very thoroughly, potential first-round picks, either for next year or for 2024. You have the Australian NBL. They've got six or seven players who are very legitimate draft prospects for next year. And then you have college basketball and players are spreading around. I mean, the transfer portal makes it so, you know, a guy who was, you know, the sixth or seventh player on, you know, on the bench of an SEC team, he goes to a mid-major now, he could explode. And it just means that we need to cover a lot more ground. We need to watch a lot more film. We need to be in a lot more places. Our network needs to expand. You know, it used to be I could I could go to Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Indiana, Kansas, and I would cover, you know, 40% mm. of the draft on that on that one trip there. That's not the case anymore. So you're saying after the draft, Jonathan, it's not as if you're going to go to Hungary and then take a week down in the Greek Isles or in Croatia or something like that and just relax? This is 365? It is. But I mean, I love it, honestly. Like I would, there's nothing I would rather do. When I go to a beach and I just, I take on my phone and I start texting people and scrolling through Twitter, you know, like there's no off switch. I mean, like if you love this job, you want to do it all the time. And this, unfortunately, like ask my wife, you know, like and my three kids are probably like, it's not great for them. But, <laughs> you know, this is what this, you have to eat, breathe and, and sleep this job and you have to love it. And, and I do. I mean, honestly, it's the greatest job that, you know, anybody could have. Well, we've already taken up far too much of your time, Jonathan. You're so busy right now. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm Jeremy Schapp. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.